Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 427. And why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we have two very special guests. They've been on with us in the past, and they're back and better than ever. Um, John Duffy and Julie Duffy, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having us, guys. All the applause. Always love the applause. Love the applause. So um, for those of you guys who know us, we're going to kind of go fly by the seat of our pants on this podcast. (laughs) Um, I liked your introduction because you actually said they're back better than ever. Did Um, you mean to do that? Um, yeah, it's a Mike and Mike thing from ESPN in the morning. I know, but you know their podcast is called Better. Oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> so it was oh, a mistake. man, it was I would have a... taken credit for that. That's I right. know, that was cool. <laughs> Mike, uh, Mike Greenberg you would say that every morning because uh, he would be on Mike and Mike on ESPN. He'd say, okay. hey, we're back and better than ever. But um, to that end, John Duffy used to have a podcast called Undo Anxiety, and it has since evolved a little bit. And for those of our listeners that have not... Um, either heard because we've we've interviewed John. I think this now, is like number four, three or four. Oh Whoa. yeah, and, Ju- and Julie I love it here. And Julie <laughs> and Julie was on it last time, but now Julie's on it as a co-host of a podcast yeah. called Better. So to either one of you two, what what happened? What happened to Undo, and why is it called Better? All right. So uh, when we came up to the idea for Undo Anxiety, I thought it was. Brilliant! I loved it. It came from the Lord's Prayer from when I was a little kid. Mm. Deliver us from undue anxiety. Mm. So I wasn't much for Lord's Prayer, but I was an anxious kid, and I loved that phrase. It like it, it popped out at me. Well, and the pur- and the purpose was um, to um, end, <laughs> you know, to talk about things uh, and end unnecessary suffering. Suffering. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, talk about how we can free our lives. From live in a in more joyful, in a way, and free ourselves from unnecessary suffering. And yeah, part of that is recognizing <laughs> I'm not the only one suffering this way. And so we wanted the pe- people to come and share their stories, and um, and that went really well for a while. And then we realized that our title focused too much on the problem, not the solution. And it was oh. so so in a way, like you know forever we're talking about anxiety, you know, and that word is is prevalent in the podcast constantly. And so Julie, um, first of all, we did a few podcasts with Julie, and I realized podcast feels way better with Julie there. It, it's more fun. It, it, she's um, smart, and she catches me when I miss important points. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so she came up with this idea of, well, let's call it better. Let's call it better because that's how pe- we want people to feel at the end of the hour. And, and people very- so people who are, you know, getting on the train, like we've said this before, might not want to tune into anxiety. They mm-hmm. might want, I think they want to tune into the solution. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. when you hear undue anxiety, all you yeah. hear is anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we talked about all kinds of things on the podcast. Yeah. Right. But um, yes, we wanted the, the word, the title, the logo to start the energy of the solution. <laughs> um, quick uh, thing. I grew up Catholic, and our the, our father prayer is deliver us from evil. Yes. Amen. Is that the same part, but just a different interpretation? Oddly enough, yes. Um, okay. And so uh, y- you're exactly right, Todd. Yeah. Um, that That is when, if I go to a mass now, yeah. people say deliver us from evil, yeah. which 
does not draw me. I do not love that phrase. Um, But when I was a kid, for some reason, in the catechism I grew up in, We said, deliver us from undue anxiety. I remember that. That's better. Yeah. That's better than... It's, it's better. Than deliver us from evil. Yeah. Better. Better. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? I totally agree with you about when I'm looking for podcasts, even myself, to listen to, most of the time, especially in the morning, or if I'm in the car with the kids, I would much rather listen to something that's going to uplift, even though your podcast was always uplifting because it was about people overcoming. Right. Yeah. It, there is, it, it's weird how marketing or words play a role in how we look at something. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, after a while looking at our logo, and it went from being really clever to looking like this frightening Hitchcock moment, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that nobody would particularly be drawn to. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting. You live and learn. So our plan before twenty minutes ago was each of us were going to come up with four different questions and ask each other what they thought about it, and we have since audibled a little bit. We'll see what happens. And I want Kathy to talk about a certain video that has gone viral over the weekend by a guy named Tony Robbins, who Kathy and I talk about all the time. And I just wonder if you can kind of start us off. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, last week, Todd and I were, or a week and a half ago, Todd and I were on spring break. And one of our listeners sent us a video of Tony at a Unleash the Power Within, uh, which is something Todd and I attended years ago. And basically there is a woman who decided to bring up to him a question that Todd and I often ask about Tony Robbins, which is why aren't you supporting this movement of Me Too? Mm -hmm. Or why aren't you speaking up for this movement? And I can't remember her exact words, so you kind of have to work with me here, like I'm paraphrasing. But she was very kind. And let me say that she actually at one point says to him, I love you, Mm -hmm. but where are you on this issue? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately... He did not hear her. And I'm, I'm just giving my opinion mm-hmm. on this because some people may disagree. But he was so in a role of his performance oh. and what he was teaching. And he's such a one-man show oh, yeah. that I think this kind of threw him off a bit. Yeah. And she was really kind with a good energy and she did not back down. And she and he said something. She didn't back down, but with kindness. That's what I exactly yeah. what I mean. Thank you. Like she really held her she's own. Like, Tony, with a smile she's like Tony. She's like Tony. You're 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 wrong. You're wrong because he said it to, again to paraphrase because he said it in many different ways. He said he believes that the Me Too movement has become somewhat of a power grab for significance. Now he ironically that day in my college class, or actually the. It was the week before. Yeah. I had just talked about his six human needs. Yeah, his six human needs. Which one of them was significant. So I knew what he meant with that word, but oh. Oh. he still wasn't correct, mm-hmm. in my opinion, in how he was saying it to her. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, he brought up an experience that sounded kind of created, mm-hmm. meaning he, it sounded like he just came up with it in the moment, but he said, I have a lot of powerful friends who... Men who, when they are looking to hire someone, there's two men applying for the job, one woman, and if the woman's attractive, they don't want to take the risk. And that was where he totally lost me, where I'm like, oh, boy. There's many places in that 12-minute video. Oh, boy. He lost 
both of us. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Point taken. So we watched it and we looked at each other and we go, oh no. Because this was a week before it like hit the fan. Yeah. So we were like, I wonder what's going to happen with this. Wow. And it took about seven days. Seven days for it to finally catch up. And it hit Twitter. Yeah. What was that, Saturday night, John? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it was. It was. And that's so, when I finally saw the video for the first so time. Right. And I thought the same thing. Like, ooh. ooh. So real quick, if you're like, oh, I, because I would encourage you guys all to um, watch the video or listen yeah. to it. So we'll put it in the show notes so you can find find it. Um, and like I said, it's 12 minutes and Kathy just kind of scratched the surface of what it Absolutely. was. Because it's, yeah, it's long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for me, Tony's been a wonderful teacher of mine and he has been for a long time. And it's really sad and unfortunate that he, I think his ego got in the way and I think he handled it so horrifically for these 11 minutes. And it just made me really sad. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And this conversation Todd and I have been having for about a week because I actually said to Todd, um, we don't have to dive too far into this, but once it went viral on Twitter, Todd was actually taking a nap at the time. I love naps. I know. He did. It was the middle of the day. <laughs> I like naps. <laughs> That's me. That's you. Which is, yeah, it's not a comment. And I, when it, it went viral, and then I thought to myself, when he wakes up, we got to have a discussion about this because if we talk about this on the show... I want, and it's not like I was like, I'm going to put words in Todd's mouth. I would never do that. He's He knows what he needs to say, but... But it's safe to say that I do not calculate I my words as precisely... Words are your love language. Correct. And I'm always like, well, here's my words, but this is really what I mean, hopefully. And I guess I'm not as precise, so I can get caught very easily because my intention is different than how it lands. And who's more affected by the Me Too movement? You. I am and women are. And Julie. And, exactly. and every other woman. Exactly. Right? So I felt like it was a good opportunity for me to explain to you how it would be perceived because you may not understand fully as much as you are an advocate for women. Mm-hmm. And you and John Duffy here actually go out and talk to men about me too. <laughs> we do. We have. <clears throat> so I know that you are on board and you get it. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to something like this, it's contentious. And challenging and like making people look at this again, I wanted to make sure we didn't do a lot of defending mm-hmm. of Tony Robbins in this moment. So what did what did you guys think about this? Well, yeah, um, so Julie, you're hearing about it for the first yes. time. Yeah, I had so the, I just I had the, moved my parents and I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Julie I've been in a bubble. But it must be interesting to hear about, uh, hear about it for the first time. I... Um, my reaction was very much like yours, Kathy. Um, I um, was surprised and kind of uh, as it went on, it was more and more, I more and more had this, oh no, pit in my stomach. Um, you know, ooh, you know, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. Julie and I watched the Guru movie and were moved by it. Um, and um, and to see, it, it, it felt different than tone deaf. I've seen a lot of people say that there was something tone deaf about it, and it didn't feel quite that. It did feel like he got caught up in something, right? In this, in, in this kind of script that he, if you if you watch him often enough, it's kind of this this rap that he tends to do that is usually wildly effective, actually, to be honest, yeah. um, you know, and, and powerful. And this time, it it didn't just land flat; it landed offensive, and mm-hmm. and it, it, it's really unfortunate because I, I hate when these opportunities for powerful men, men in these positions, um, when you get that opportunity and you just don't take it. it this, in this moment, it just seems like just such a misfire. So his MO to me, and I'm not, I've seen some of him, to me, is this what happened? Like his MO is typically to be 
confrontational of your, of the beliefs you hold, of the stories you're telling yourself. And that's how he, you know, wakes people up. So is that what this felt like? A little. Yeah. And that's the thing is I think if you have, if you've seen Tony or you've seen enough of him on TV or live, you you know, and I don't want to call it a shtick, that sounds disrespectful, it, but you know his pattern. Yeah. What would you call it, Todd? His, his teaching, his way of He has a certain way, way of, of delivering a message, delivering and, a message, and it's very masculine. We've talked about, yes. you know, is he, are we in the masculine or the feminine? The way he teaches is very like get up and jump and move around and activate your body. And, and power and powerful. power and power. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's take your own power, yes. which, and then, you know, because some of it he talks about like victim mentality and things like that. And so anyways. Right. And so to your point, yes, he was doing, um, he, he was continuing on with explaining significance. And again, I don't know, you know, the, the clip starts when it starts and ends when it ends. So you don't really know what happened right before that. The unfortunate piece, I think, is her question was a good one. Meaning where, you know, where have you been in this movement? And the big thing was, she said to him, I think you're misinterpreting this movement. That was the biggest part. Because mm-hmm. what he he was saying, it was somewhat of, it felt like he was saying it was a victim blaming thing. And and that's not what the Me Too movement is, a, is about Correct. at all. No. Or not victim blaming. He was saying it was a victim a victimization. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. I'm almost like you know, you're you're choosing victimhood if you're part of the Correct. movement, right? You Correct. know, um, you. and that was the implication. To hear you guys talk about it and talk about power, like right, his he he is very much about power and this male energy, masculine energy, and it almost feels like if he just shifted where where the power was in the movement, right? If he just recognized like, yeah. oh, the movement itself is the power. It's that's the empowering element that, you know, if he, if he had just recognized that, just listened a little bit more than, than talked, you right. know, but, um, I remember early on, he was talking over her in a way that, you know, if he just took a beat, yeah, I feel like, oh, that could have been avoided. It could have been a really, really wonderful moment. We'd be watching for a completely different reason. Absolutely. But was it typical Tony? Like is that's kind of what he does. He, he, he does not, he talks not, I shouldn't, not over people, but he, he, Challenges, challenges yeah. them. Yeah. Yes, he challenges them and goes at them and and challenges the story, the mm. story they're holding, the story yeah. they're telling themselves to bust them out. That's why they're there. That's why everybody's there. Yeah, yeah. The name of the conference is called "Unleash the Power With." Yeah, them. that's what they call it. Now, right. one thing I wanted to say is it's funny because I thought about even my own um, communication with you, sweetie. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I screw up. Hey, husbands, do we screw up and say the wrong things? Absolutely. Yeah, we I am, do. <laughs> I am one of those people. And what I used to fall back on, I'm like, well, Kathy, that's not what I meant. And you're like, I don't care what it meant. This is how it landed. Mm-hmm, like how it and, feels. And, you know, I feel like Tony had this opportunity. I, he has such a powerful platform. And I've been very frustrated with one of my teachers, and Tony's one of them, that I feel like uh, he can use that platform in a different way, whether they're talking about the Me Too movement or whether or not there's somebody that we don't necessarily like who is in the White House right now. Right. And he just is quiet. And I've always been frustrated with him. And, you know, that's just my own individual frustration. But for him, um, he, and, and I haven't heard this, but he can explain away, well, you're taking my words out of context or that wasn't my intention. And I'm more like, Tony, you got to learn what I have learned was it doesn't matter what your intention is, how it impacts people who are listening to it 
is just as important, if not more, than whatever you intended to do in that moment. Yeah. Well, and here's the dis- discussion that Todd and I had all weekend, which was a difficult discussion. Yes. Like, we did not have easy discussions on this. Is I think the thing that um, men and some women, I'm sure, are finding with this movement is it has a lot to do with being thoughtful mm-hmm. about what you say and do, right? Yes. And I think, because one of the things that Todd first said when I was like, maybe you want to be careful with your words on this, he's like, I want to say everything I want to say. And and he said this with respect, but I want to say my full-bodied everything I want to say. And I was like, I totally respect that. But at the same time, do you know that... Not that women don't always do that or get that, that, opportunity, or get that opportunity without huge ramifications. Right. And not only that, when I, I know we actually said this at a dinner party and the uh, man I was sitting next to said to me, but we don't want to bring it back where we're like trying to, you know, do tit for tat. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's about empathy and standing in someone else's shoes and recognizing that, yeah, you want to be like, beat my chest. I want to say everything I need to say, but that's not the common experience of a woman. There's a a bit more of a, it's not about that I don't say what I mean. It's that I'm very thoughtful about who's in the room, how it will impact the whole, if I'm offending, and, and if I do need to say something challenging, I try and make sure that there is a, not a buffer, but like there's a thoughtfulness. That's all I'm talking about. So sometimes I think for some men with this movement, it's like, but I don't want to stop doing these things that I'm saying and doing. And it's not that you have to stop being yourself, but can there be more of a, I keep using the word thoughtfulness mm-hmm. about how we're interacting with each other? Yeah. Well, and I got this from Mike Damish, who spoke at our conference. And I think I used this when John and I spoke to a group of about 80 men at a, hey, let's talk about Me Too thing a few months ago. And what Mike taught me was maybe it's time for us men to be a little uncomfortable. Maybe I can't say everything I want to say. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. Maybe... And, you know, what Mike taught me was, you know, like if you're worried about doing certain things, like what is it that that action is worry is worrisome? Like whether it's making a joke or whether it's hiring this woman, like like there's got to be reason why you're uncomfortable. And and maybe it's time for us to introspect a little bit and really focus on what those things are. Um, I'll say so. Here's what I'm thinking. Um, I feel like. On the flip side Men, women do talk things out more True. Um, and get to do that. And men don't do that enough. Mm. So I understand in in this movement and in you know in a lot of situations where you do feel like, let me say it, let me say it so I can hear it too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um and, and if you're if you're too jammed up about saying the wrong thing, maybe you won't even know what it is you're thinking if mm-hmm. you can't say it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I get, I can see the flip side. Um, I kind of want, you know, you guys had this event where you wanted men to get together and talk about it. And I right. feel like it might be something men have to be able to talk about freely to sort out what it is they're, they've been thinking all this time or they think now or what questions they have. So, you know, I can see where um, that can could have the reverse effect if men have to be too, I mean, everyone should be, you know, equal footing, careful and conscious and conscientious in their communications. But I, I feel like men, if they can't speak freely and sort it out, they might just 
Jam it up. Jam it up and not be able to get any clarity. I agree. Um, but I think the, to, to Kathy's point a little bit, men speak a lot, you know, uh, speak authoritatively a lot. And um, and we tend to listen more poorly. I remember um, as we were, Todd and I were kind of uh, thinking about putting that event together. Um, I think we both, I'm, I'll speak for myself. I felt this kind of like, a little bit of holier than thou uh, over other guys. I felt like I'm very much a part of this movement. I'm super supportive. I'm not part of the problem, which made me wonder how big a part of the problem am I? (laughs) You know, I really had to think about that because to be arrogant about that or to think like, I'm going to use my words and I'm going to say what I want to say about this Mm -hmm. is not listening. It's not thoughtful. It's more like, I'm a good guy. I'm one of the good guys. I'm not, you know, don't put me in with Weinstein and Louis CK. I'm not that guy, you know? And, um, but that's not the point. (laughs) That's not the point. The point is, to listen to women and their experiences that they're able to talk about now for the first time in this striking, surprising moment. Mm. Right. Right. Well, and to play devil's advocate, sweetie, um, when we were at the dinner party Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe it's time for me not to be able to say everything I want to say or Mm -hmm. John or any other man. And then our friend is like, well, let's instead raise the women up to be able to say whatever it is that they could say, as opposed to pushing us down. And I want to be devil's advocate because I don't believe this, but there may be some people listening to this podcast saying, uh, well, how come women just don't say what they want to say? Like, what's the problem? Well, you know and, what I mean? Exactly. Right. And and just to, because again, this is just a word thing with me, but you, what you were just saying is about raising women up instead of, or raising women up instead of pushing men down. And my thought has never been to push men down. Right. You know, it's not about pushing down. It's about, it's about conscious speech where you are thoughtful that everybody else is equal. Mm-hmm. And that because a lot of the reason that men can often speak with this authoritarian, I'm going to say whatever I want to say, is they do believe they are the leaders and the ones in charge, yeah. right? And for all intents and purposes, they are in many ways. Like, <laughs> right. it's you know, it's like this is an interesting conversation because it's so it's so nuanced, you yeah, know? That's it's nuanced. so nuanced. Yeah. You know, because the points that you guys just both brought up are exactly right. They don't contradict each other. Right. You know, like, Julie, you're so right. Like, when you said that, um, men do need to have more ability to speak more clearly and simultaneously, they need to take more time to be <laughs> introspective. Mm-hmm. And so there is no, like, right answer. It's like a um, – but to your question, Todd, what you're saying is why don't men, uh, women yeah, speak Yeah, I think up? It's, it's worth repeating. Well, and some do, and it depends on the situation, and I and it's a, it's a practice. But we um, – again, I'm going to speak generally. We are often in situations where it is not safe. To do that. What do I mean by safety? Sometimes literal safety. Mm-hmm. Like if you offend someone, they could harm you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there is job, also job, job security, security right? where if you offend someone, they could harm you by saying you will not get this promotion or yeah. you will not have this job or no, we will not help you with your child care or whatever it may be. Um, and so we have learned, even if it's a collective consciousness, mm-hmm. even if people listening are like, well, I don't know if I personally learned that. But there's a collective consciousness of women that we have to be very thoughtful about not, I'm going to say this as well, hurting men's feelings. Mm-hmm. And I even <laughs> I even mean this in a spousal relationship. Or in a, I remember even very young having a boyfriend and friends saying to me, well, you don't want him to think this, and you don't want him to think this, and you don't want him to think you're a nag, and you don't want him to think this. So these are things I've been told a lot. And I will give an example of the fragile male ego. Okay. And this is my own. I bite my nails. Yeah. 
and there are times and fingers over here does fingers it. over here. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, fingers. There are there are times if if I'm in if if you're in my my bubble Vicinity, yeah. like four feet circle, it annoys you because you could hear the terrible sound of my teeth coming down on my fingernails. It's very clicky. And you will kind of you'll take your hand and just move my hand away. After asking and everything well, else. Well, no, I actually, I don't do that, honey, because you told me not to do that anymore. That was years ago. I'm going back in time. Oh, back in time. Because I was going to say, <laughs> now all I do is just touch your leg and right. say. No, but like, let's go back in time. When yes. that happened, yeah. you could not have insulted me more. Like, don't tell me what to do. Correct. I, I'm an ego right now. I'm below the line. This is ego on hyperdrive. Yeah. So when you say we don't want to hurt men's feelings, Something as simple as my wife, whom I love, telling me to not bite my nails, either the time or how I do it, is really damaging to my fragile male ego. So put that in the context of something that actually matters, like jobs or safety or whatever. Like, So I guess what I'm saying is, yes, there is something called a fragile male ego, and we don't like to be told what to do. And maybe it's now time that Todd Adams looks at that. And John Duffy, I think I think all of us have some element of that. I mean, I I can't think of a case in point, Julie, between you and I where that's happened, but you probably can. And you know, like, but but I feel that what what Todd's <laughs> Wait, what what can you think of a case in point of, of, of where where um, what does John do you, that you might have redirected you? me in a way where I was like, you know, my ego took over, and that, <laughs> you can't. Part of his ego. There's a definite blind spot. Do you remember I, maybe, when I, maybe, it just hasn't happened. Like, remember when I edited your book? <laughs> I think I was that? completely uh, accepting <laughs> of all of your brilliant insights. <laughs> oh, I don't. This, go, this feels like a mm, group therapy <laughs> therapy session. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Remind remind no, me no, no, of no. what happened. Seriously, what what happened when you edited my? No, book? no, no, no. You you like uh, uh, if I want you to maybe change some words or something or <laughs> which is always usually uh kind of spot on right yeah i mean kind of proven that um i know where to take things out that don't really resonate don't really sound like you that are just kind of like filler filler you, you, that's your skill set yeah you you yeah. You struggle with that <laughs> at first, right? It's true. I get a little verbose. Yeah, and then you, you get will mad, and then out. you, yeah, then you realize, and I'll be like, "That's you know, that's gold." I get defensive and, yeah, and yeah. angry. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, and let's talk about. Let's just go back into the way that we're raised, or or whatever. It, it's you guys are really taught from a young age, and there's many things you aren't given. So this isn't about right. who has it easier or what's most fair. But you guys are taught speak out, be a leader, um, you know, buck up, you know, stand out. Um, there is a sense of there. Ask for everything you need. You know, there's a. And again, you guys would have the better words because you're the ones who experienced it. But I don't think that's always the messages that we were necessarily raised with or that society gives us. We're getting them now. And obviously, those of us who have been lucky enough to be in part of empowerment movements or we had parents who empowered us, we had – it's not like you have it, we don't. It's just don't you feel like men, especially white men, when they're raised, it's like go get it. That's exactly right. We're Absolutely. taught as boys, go go get it. And I was just listening to, uh, did you listen to that um, TED Radio Hour podcast I shared Not with you yet. yesterday? I'm excited, though. There's too. a woman who's a firefighter on there. She, I think she's in the third clip of it. And she basically says, you know, um, girls are taught, taught to be safe. Boys are taught to be, you know, go out and go get it. Like, And that happens from 
basically when we show up on this earth. So that's the gutsy girl. Yes, um, it's yeah, the gutsy I have girl. her book. She's yeah, in that she's one. She's excellent. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, but yes, of course we're taught to go get them and you girls are taught to not hurt anybody's feelings, right? Uh, well, that for sure. Um, that for sure. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about my family. I, you know, I have three brothers and I'm definitely, I think the more empowered, confident person. So it's so, I'm, I'm struggling with all of this, um, you know, being so cut and dried. And mm -hmm. I don't, even, even when it comes to you, I'm, I, I'm, I, John, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I see in my life, uh, more fragility in, in, in some of the men in my family mm. and the power is in, in the women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and I, and I, I mean, I, I, you know, I just came out of moving my parents into a <laughs> retirement place. I'm kind of raw, but I mean, yeah. So, so I, in my family, I mean, I definitely feel responsible for everyone emotionally. Where are you in the birth order? Just out of curiosity. I'm middle because my I have younger brothers that are twins yeah. and an older brother. I definitely was put in. I feel responsible for everyone's emotions, which is why I kind of go under. Like it's so much for me, um, but I also feel like the strongest. Like yeah. and and my mom, my mom and I, I feel like. Are the strongest, right? In in your family, there's no no doubt about that, and that's probably true in an awful lot of families. You know, even I'm thinking about my family. You know, my mom was definitely stronger in every way than my father, mm -hmm. um, and I think I, I I think again, I don't know if we're talking in um, in differing philosophies here. I think part of the deal, part of the fear, I think of men is women's power. Yes. Yeah, right? Right? That 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 women maybe are way more powerful than us. And so there is this um well, kind of, of sense, subconscious <laughs> press to oppress to mm -hmm. some extent because my God, we'll lose everything. Yep. You know, if, it, if 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 women's power is recognized for what it is. And I think most people in families would say power lies it with the women with with moms more than more than with dads right dads provide mm -hmm. right you know they bring uh, they hunt they gather they bring money back into the house um that historically women are stronger somehow I, I think i think there's this anxiety that we carry that women are stronger well and that that makes sense this portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at health iq who are they you may ask they're an insurance company that helps health conscious people like runners cyclists yogis vegans vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance it's like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver health iq saves you money on your life insurance for living a health conscious lifestyle so I did some comparison shopping from my existing policy versus Health IQ. They asked me a lot of questions about fitness, eating, exercises, and I realized a savings of 30% off of my 20-year policy. So if you multiply that by 20 years and you're into thousands and thousands of dollars of savings. And for those of you who know me, uh, my friends call me Thrifty McSaves a lot. So when I heard about Health IQ, it just made sense to me. So to see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash zen. Or mention the promo code zen when you talk to a Health IQ agent. That women are stronger. Well, and that, that makes sense because if you feel like you have to exert power over someone, you don't genuinely feel powerful. 
Right. Exactly. And that's, and historically speaking, that's exactly what's yeah. happened. I mean, when you look at, you know, being burning witches, you know, you could go right. all the way back, right? And and to your point, like I grew up in basically, except for my father, an all female family. So like I totally am felt so empowered. I I've said I said to my dad a couple of years ago, I didn't even know there was all these issues till like I got in my forties. Wow. Like my dad taught me in such a way that I could do whatever I wanted, and I always felt like I had a voice that I didn't really. I mean, of course, I saw it growing up, and of course, I was harassed and a lot of things. But see, that's what we're busting apart is I thought that was normal, you know, and now all of a sudden we're like kind of cracking the glass where we're like, none of this is normal. Why have we put up with this? So it's like a, just to your point, Julie, like I have experienced that too, that I have seen women as being so powerful and, and my mentors. And that's been my experience too, which is why it makes all of this, when you go into a room like or a boardroom or you have a job and people do talk over you or they don't take your opinion or they steal your idea, it's very confusing. It's like, what's happening? Right, what's right. What's happening? And so it's like, again, like I said before, I'm always, you know, trying, but that's true. And that it's all true. Yeah, it's all true. I mean, that that's why it's so complex, right? It because is. there there there's uh, so many different points of view. And my my fear about the whole movement is it's going to be abbreviated. Mm -hmm. You know, like my, my I'm, I'm afraid that it's, it catches this big head of steam a year ago or a year and a couple of months ago now. Um, and at some point we just kind of run out of gas before, before everything that needs to be said is said, before change actually takes place, you know? Um, and I don't know. I mean, I can't tell whether that's happening or not, you know? I, uh, think, I think it is a yeah. little bit. I mean, it's so funny, like, Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, Tony Robbins, whatever it is, every time this happens, it's yet another reason for us to focus on it and start to work through it. Because when it's not in the headlines, I think all of a sudden we're on to the next thing. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and I, so I think that, you know, circles back to why it is important that we're not too careful about mm -hmm talking about it. Because I think, you know, myself included, men and women haven't fully, for sure, I mean, this is an understatement, haven't really sorted what role they play in all of this, anybody. And if you feel like you have to be careful about even putting your thought out there or putting a question out there, like too careful, that's, that's where the abbreviation will lie. Men will just shut up. Right. Mm -hmm. So there will be, be no discussion. And everyone will think something's changed and maybe maybe it really will not have changed because no one's really been able to to process it. I don't think people even really know what they think. Exactly. And here's the challenge, because I'm so with you. Like, we have to say it out loud. Like, isn't this right? Or this is what I was taught. But a lot of times, like, my fear with Todd in this conversation that he and I had is I thought if he was too defending that people would, it, it can be very quick to judge Todd. Mm. So you're not saying, mm. you're not saying, Todd, don't be careful with me. Don't, no, not with oh, me. Oh, okay, no, not okay. With me. He can okay. say whatever he wants. Oh, okay, to me. okay, okay. Which okay. we do. Like we have the conversations we had this weekend were really in depth, and he shared everything, and I shared everything. But when we come into a public space, got it. Oh, got it. Okay, yes. okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I got it. And still, um, yeah. I get it. Sorry. No, uh, no, but, but still, still, we, 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 um, we ought to be able to just like everything else. I mean, it's, it's hard to have discussions, um, and not, you know, get, um, 
you know, get negative feedback. And you, and you don't want to be too afraid to say what you think, to say how you feel, or to ask the questions that you want to ask. And I, that's probably the problem with a lot of things right now. Well, yes. and, and let's bring it to marriage, you know, or, or relationships. Uh, uh, it's the foundation, I think, for our family. Right. How you and I treat each other is... You know, or how we treat ourselves is probably first and foremost, and then how we treat you and I, because a lot of us, you know, direct all this energy towards being a good dad and all that, and it's important to be a good dad. But I think it's more important that I put my energy to make sure that you and I are on the same page. Um, so I forgot where I was going with that. Well, it, oh, you, when we got married. You were probably afraid of hurting my little fragile male ego. Well, you're putting yourself down. I was, I would, yes. But let me do that. <laughs> of course. Let me do okay, that. Okay, I will. As you matured, you're, and this is what you teach women. Yeah. A woman comes into your office. Mm -hmm. My husband's this, my husband's that, my husband's that. Your question to that woman is, what does he say when you say that to him? And what do they say? I haven't told him yet. I haven't told him yet. <laughs> so what you are trying to empower women is to speak up speak up absolutely now i'm trying to empower men that when your woman is brave enough or your partner is brave enough to speak up <laughs> and <laughs> yo woman todd's sweating <laughs> like, woman. when she's brave enough or strong enough to speak her speak truth. her truth don't get so triggered, guys. Or if you do, look inward and say, what what is it that's triggering me? Or how is this happening? Because that's when the fights start. Who Who is she to tell me what to do? All that stuff. Mm -hmm. No, guys. Is there some truth to what she's saying? Mm -hmm. And then the healthiest of relationships are the back and forth of that. Mm -hmm. You know, totally. not Because that's the thing is this is always why I love having these conversations with Todd is because... This has never been about female empowerment, women are taking over the world, men suck goodbye. It's about let's all get on the same plane so we can help each other and love each other, encourage each other and learn from each other and hear each other's perspective. Like it's always been about balance. And that is, you know, that's the key is if you listen more, then it gives me more room to speak mm -hmm. and then vice versa. Mm -hmm. then amen, amen. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's and perfect. It, you know, um, I'm thinking about like this moment right now. I've, I, I'm always excited to come over here and talk with mm. you guys, but I'm thinking about the fact that here we are, we're two couples, we are facing our spouses mm -hmm. and we are having this discussion. And, um, and, and I think and we're all recognizing, oh man, there's so many facets to this. Totally. There is no one right perspective or angle. And every time you think you've found one, the prism shifts a little bit and how you're looking at it from a different perspective. But we're talking about it and we're working it through and we're looking, we're listening and looking at each other. And and, and this feels so encouraging. And I wonder, I wonder how many couples are taking this opportunity to to look in each other's eyes and have this discussion as hard as it is as inconclusive as it can be yeah. to just engage in it you know is no, it um, feels exci good. It's exciting in a way right yeah you and you and I had noticed that when we started doing the podcast you know in our busy lives how often are we sitting across from each other looking into each other's eyes having a conversation like Hardly ever, right. definitely not enough in probably any situation. It's usually you're both facing the TV or you're both driving in the car. Mm. Um, so we, we don't do this enough in life. And this is where, you know, this is where connection happens and yeah. understanding takes place. Mm. And um, yeah, Int intimacy and growth is and intimacy. Yeah. yeah, that is like what we always talk about on the show is that 
a lot of times we get emails or feedback saying, wow, these conversations are really hard. And I'm really worried about, to, to the point we're saying, offending my spouse. Either way, it, male or female, offending my spouse. And this is just really hard. And it's just easier to not go there. But intimacy comes from those really tough conversations. Because like I said, when we started this Tony Robbins conversation this weekend between Todd and I, it was somewhat contentious. Not mean. We never yell. We're respectful of each other. But he had an opinion. I had an opinion. And I was trying to say something that's difficult to say. And he was... So, but when you get through it... It's stronger. You are... We are like, wow. That we... And we have a lot of practice with that now. Like you guys, because of the podcast. and Because of the way we choose to live our lives. But I think sometimes, again, going back to Julie's point, if we have to talk to talk about it, is we are so... We're unwilling. We're we're so... We're so worried about offending or not rocking the boat that we don't do anything. And stagnation is what leads to marriages not working. Well, well, this is very counterintuitive because what you just said is a lot of couples say it's easier not to go there. Right. And what's weird is it's actually dangerous not to go there. Yes. Because what you end up with is either resentment or huge fights or uh, divorce or inauthentic relationships. Mm -hmm. It's safe to go deep. Yeah. But it's hard work. Yes. And that's when you're like, oh, I hate when you describe marriage as work. It is work. Yeah. Well, it's it's work in the ego sense. Yes. Meaning that I have to be, especially if I'm really like, I have a point that's so valuable. And I'm like, Todd, this is like, it's not about being smart. It's like, you really have to hear this point because it so comes from a deep spot. And if you can't hear it, it's not that I always need to be right or win, but I don't feel seen or heard. It goes back to my childhood. I mean, (laughs) my goodness. And this, and that's the thing is that's why this, I will use your word. That's why it is work because it's self-awareness work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's funny because I don't like that either. When Mm -hmm. people say marriage is work, Mm -hmm. I'm like, if it's work, you're married to the wrong person. Right. I mean, but that's my my first your, reaction. And that's your interpretation of the word work. Totally, and I have a totally, different totally. interpretation. So, yeah. That's I, like, you know, I, marriage is work and teenagers are are difficult. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Well, I think part of it is the, the 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 work of marriage, which which I don't, it doesn't feel like work to me, is, um, is communicating. Like, you know, when I work with couples, almost always when they're in conflict, I feel like they are under- communicating. And to, to your point, Todd, I think that's where the danger lies. We think the danger lies in offending one another, right? right. Where in fact, the danger lies in just understanding mm-hmm. each other, right? Mm-hmm. Not even in agreeing necessarily, right? Just like I get I get your point of view and um, we don't need to be precisely on the same page, but I hear you, you're heard and you're safe in this relationship, right? That's yes. that's the good stuff, I think. That's, that's where it works. And I think we're, part of what we get caught up in men and women is this idea, and something you were saying, Kathy, a minute ago, made me think of that the idea of scarcity versus abundance, and mm-hmm. this idea that that power or uh, strength is is this scarce commodity, and so right. we have to grab it, we have to hold it, you know, and we men have to hold on to it, or you know, and um, and if we could open up to the idea that you know, like, well, there's probably room for everybody's thoughts and ideas and opinions, and um, and people in the corporate ladders, you know what I mean? Like if we kind of opened up to that, that, that you know, it's not scarce. We're not losing anything. Nobody's losing anything, you know, mm-hmm. in this whole movement. The whole idea is everybody gains something. I think it's kind of the, um, it's the misunderstanding of feminism as a whole is, ooh, yeah, they're taking something from us. And so we, right. <laughs> we got to batten down the hatches and hold on to what's ours, yeah. you know, instead of recognizing, oh, 
No, 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 that's not the point. The point no, is we're yeah, all we, just standing on the same floor. Yeah, I'm thinking about, and I'm just thinking about like, you know, business and, you know, um, the power structure in business. And, you know, you've talked about the, the boss that can empower mm-hmm. his employees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you were talking about your boss today, yeah. Todd, that can empower and uplift mm-hmm. his employees is the smartest boss. And not even know that they're being led. Like they take their own initiative because the leader is kind of almost like trusting, invisible, trusting. Exactly. Right. And and there's there's um there's a positive balance in the emotional bank account and you wanna do your best for that person and you're free to do your best. Yeah. And so it, that's a win-win. Mm-hmm. So if right, imp- if everyone's empowered, everyone wins. If you're grabbing power, you don't really feel powerful. You feel scared. It's from a place of fear. Well, and the trick is when you and I, Kathy, have these uncomfortable conversations, we always come out clean on the other side. Now, sometimes it takes five minutes. Sometimes it takes an hour. Sometimes it takes a day. A a break. And then going back to it. Like, okay, let me explain again what I meant. Right. But we come through it stronger Mm -hmm. and um, it's fighting through that discomfort. um, And it's tough. But the trick of doing that is we need to be able to check ourselves. This is an individually, we're talking about relationships, but this is all about relationship with self. Because if you say something that pisses me off about me biting my nails and I know I'm dropping below the line or I'm an ego, it's up to me to take ownership like, oh my gosh, I now have an awareness that I'm below the line and I'm an ego and I wanna win this argument. And it's really hard to do to cultivate that mindfulness because what we do is we just react to each other. And that's what we're doing is we're just bouncing reactions off each other when we are not in that awareness. And one of my favorite things to do with Todd, you know, going back to communicating about things openly, I, and this is going to sound so crazy people, but I love sharing my dark with Todd. Mm. Like I will even say, I'm bringing some dark here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like here's a place that I don't really, and I will say, I don't show this to everybody. I don't say this to everybody, but I need to work through this with you. And it often isn't even about Todd. It's Mm. me just bringing like, I need an idea of how to deal with this egocentric attitude or this judgment I have. And what a gift. And the reason that that space has been developed is because of the other conversations. We have never had a feeling of it's you against me or who's going to win. It's this is together, which is why the conversations continue because we would never let them not continue. Stealing a quote from Gary Zukav. A partnership, a spiritual partnership is a partnership between equals for the purpose of spiritual growth. Correct. Period. Absolutely. That's why we're that. together. Yeah. 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 And and as Todd and Kathy talk about their relationship, I'm, I, do you find yourself thinking about ours? Like, I'm, and how, how, how this element plays out in ours? Like, yeah. You know, because I feel like we have these discussions and sometimes we agree 100%. And then sometimes I fear... I'll tell you what I'm worried about right now is I fear mostly it's my ego that comes out because I, you're good about ego. You're good at keeping your ego in check and being balanced. I mean, you might bring, right, right. You might bring um, emotion to, you know, to, to our, our discussions, but, but rarely can I remember you bringing ego. And so part of me thinks like, oh no, I'm, <laughs> I'm the one who is less available to our moments. So would it be safe to say that you're more reactive and you're more responsive? And when oh, I say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm plenty reactive. Um, do you hide it? Are you letting no, it know? No, no. It's not like Julie. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, when buttons are pushed, they're pushed. Mm, yeah. Hair in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, um but yeah, I I think I agree with you a little bit with the ego thing, but I I, I um 
Here, here's what I think we have, maybe all of us have, that makes all of it okay, is there's this foundation of safety and trust, yes. right? You know, and I think we yes. both, we have that. Yeah. And so the ego thing we can, we can deal with, or like just what you were going through with your parents moving, you know, like it's a very emotional uh, time. And so I, you know, I like to think that, you know, you could, you were able to lean on me a little bit during some of oh, that time. Oh, totally. No, I, I over emotionalize. I mean, and I, maybe that's a judgment like that. Um, but it, I, I do, I over, I bring too much emotion more than I want to, to, to a lot of things. It's, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I said last night we were watching, I don't know, Oh, we were watching The Voice. Yeah. And there was must have been a song lyric that had the word brave in it. And I said, oh, I'm not brave. Mm, you did. And why? Why did you feel that way? Like what how did that word strike you in that moment? Because this whole move with my parents, I was so emotional and underwater. And um and I felt like I like, what's the big deal? I should be stronger. You know, mm. they need me. I'm here. Why am I so, I mean, you know, shaky and teary and, and, you know, I want to, I want to run away. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, like literally, literally run. Uh, um, and, and, and that's, that was the first, I think the first way I meant that. Why aren't I stronger here? Why aren't I braver here? Mm-hmm. In some ways, you know, I'm super brave. Like I'll make stuff happen or I'll go, you know, I'm not afraid to get backstage or, you know, make, I can make things happen. I am brave in a lot of ways, but I, I, that, that, that over emotionality, like it's exhausting to me. I Mm. wish I could take some of that out and maybe that, and be braver if, and I don't even know if that's the right. More stoic about it. Just stronger. stronger. And, 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 you know, more, hey, what's the big deal? Move the boxes, be, and I do bring the happy, happy. And that is, that is, that takes a lot of energy, of energy. too. Yeah. And so at the end of that, I'm really tapped out. Mm-hmm. I, um, but um, why can't I just be like, hey, Joy, it's a great day. Move the boxes, la, 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 no big deal. My parents are healthy. They're in love. There's so much to be grateful for. You know, why? <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I think you're you're suggesting that joy is requisite there. You know, I think you're mm. just honest with your emotions, right? And and they're and they're not always positive. Sometimes no, no, you don't like the requisite, you don't like but... the dark, but right? Would you agree with that? Like when Kathy says the dark. Um. Well. Well. No. I. 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 I, I appreciate that, and I. I think that's interesting, and I. I. No. I. I. I like that when we can say you and I share like. I, I'm having these thoughts. I'm I'm feeling this way. This is scaring me. This is you know this is fear. Like you know we, yeah. we talk about yeah. we when we talk about our fears, then they go away. They can go away if right. you say them out loud. If you don't say them out loud, they can bury you. Mm. Fear is a powerful thing. What It'll is it? Turn your heart black. You can trust. Mm. It'll take your God-filled soul and turn it to devils and dust. Mm. Yeah, you can do it. Springsteen. Hashtag. I was going to say it sounds like Morrison. Springsteen. Um, Springsteen we, we talked last week or two weeks ago about uh, Dan Siegel gave us this great language of the difference between emotion and feelings. Mm-hmm. And the emotion is the physical manifestation. Like if I get frustrated at Kathy, I get tense and my neck gets tense mm-hmm. and all that. And there's almost nothing you can do about it. Right. Because it's like you were saying, when you get triggered, you get triggered. It's, so it comes through. It's an, ex- it, yeah, it's, you have. Instinctual. Like Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. The feeling 
So that what we just described as emotion, feeling is what you attach to that emotion. And that is where you have a little bit of space to work with it. Because a lot of times we tend to like say, because you said should two or three times. I know. I hate that word. But but that's <laughs> it. But, yeah. but even hating that word isn't necessarily right. a healthy thing. <laughs> should. It's like that is such a red flag. But, Did I say should? But, but, <laughs> but should is a teachable word. It's a word that will guide you like, okay, this is a great thing for me to check in on like what's going on and we all use the word Mm -hmm. it's not about julie like we all use it but when you do use that word should you're basically not accepting whatever it is that you're going through in that moment amen amen well and julie i am very much like you i think we've already figured this out between the four of us very much so but my emotional expression about things is very raised i mean i i don't look at anything with like a very even and 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 I don't even want to be too critical of it. It's just I think Todd can attest. Like you know, I watched sixty minutes last night for five minutes and I was sobbing. Like there's <laughs> I don't have it. Just is like I'm a which is to your point. You you said this a few times and this is what I was really getting into is that you're like it takes a lot of energy and it's exhausting. Amen. 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 <laughs> which is why at the end of a day. I am done, which is why I'm a little more of an introverted person than I am an extrovert because anytime I'm with anyone, family or whatever, like you, I want to raise it up and I'm also feeling it all. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, dude, done, done. Like I need, you know, so, but I, do you feel like you were like that as a kid too? Like, cause I feel like I've kind of always been this way. Oh yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So the flip side of what you guys are saying is you guys are like, oh, why am I so emotion filled? Or why does everything have to be such a big deal? Or why do I cry during 60 minutes? To flip the switch on that, I have shamed myself for not having the emotion, for being too numb, for being too flatlined. So I think my point is I am who I'm supposed to be. You guys are who you are supposed to be. And the minute that you guys do become more numb, your ego is going to come up with another reason why you shouldn't be happy. (laughs) And the minute I start crying or laughing, belly laughing really hard, my ego will come up with another reason for me to be unhappy. So, you know, we talked about this last week. I think happiness is a moving target. And we think, oh, as soon as I do this, then I'll have it. And you never arrive. Right. Can you embrace the struggle? You know, I was just listening to Jack Cornfield on Oprah. Um, Life is suffering. You know? No, 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 no. I don't love that. <laughs> That's Buddhism. That's <laughs> human beings are. That does, it doesn't mean that's all life is, but is there an element to the human experience of suffering? We have to accept it as yes. part of the human experience. But no, it, yes. I'm here for the joy. <laughs> I know, but then are you embracing the dark? We need to embrace our darkness. And if we're just seeking the joy, it might be tough. No, not, not in a shallow way, but. Um, but I don't, we give too much over to it, to suffering. We give too much time to it. We give too much energy to it. And I think that, you know, we all, I think, believe in the, you know, the law of attraction, the power of intention. I think if we, when we change the way we look at things, mm-hmm. the things we look at Well, when I'm, talking to, <laughs> when I'm talking to husbands who are complaining about their wives because they're not doing this right or that right, I'm like, what do you, what good, what is good about your wife? What focus on the good because mm-hmm. what you focus on grows. So, yes. like, I'm not saying we need to focus no, more on our struggles, but the minute that we resist that we do have ego or resentment or frustration, or then that's not healthy either. Well, and I find when I don't, you know, when I am not taking care of myself, when I don't, you know, like I've been working out regularly and I was away from that this last week, when I don't feel grounded, then then my emotionality, you know, I, I will catastrophize things mm-hmm. that 
do not require, right? That's an understatement. This is true. That, 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 yeah. that, 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 that <laughs> sounds like I've seen that. That, I, that I've witnessed. You know, the littlest things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, t- I have two reactions so, to this. Yeah. One, one is um, <laughs> there, there must be something right along gender lines here because what you were saying, Todd, I relate to completely. Um, I, I feel like Julie, when I, when I listen to our podcast, so we've been, I, and I typically in, historically wouldn't listen to one, but Julie likes to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I listen, what's one thing that strikes me that I didn't realize until you were speaking is Julie is expressing right now what's going on. And I can talk about like what a phenomenon in my family, even that involves me, but I do it in this kind of clinical removed way. I'm, I know I'm protecting myself from being emotional in this moment right now. Yes. You know what I mean? And so, um, and I can hear that in my voice. I can hear this practiced mm. kind of delivery, whereas Ju- Julie, you're, you're raw, raw. you're yeah. raw and you're there. And, um, and there's something I kind of admire about that. And there, there's some, some kind of strength in that. And when I think back to your issue of being brave, you know, and the should of, you know, I, I shouldn't feel this. I should feel good that everybody's is healthy and moving in together. And um, I think like, well, the bravery isn't in what you feel or what you don't feel. It's in being there. It's, exactly. you, you showed up, right? So you talked about your, your strength relative to your brothers and they weren't there. They weren't there like you were there. You know, they, they showed up for a couple of minutes here and there, but they were in and out and disappearing. One didn't show up at all. You know, no, I'll take that. Uh, that you know that. what I'm saying? <laughs> and not yeah. only is the strength in like the being there and the showing up, regardless of what our emotions are, the truth of the moment is all those things that you said and that John just repeated are true. This is beautiful. This is good. We're lucky. They're together. They're in love. They're alive. But at the same time, there is a grieving that you and I were just discussing, a grieving of change, a grieving of our parents getting older, a grieving of this could be the last place they live. It may not be. Um, there's at the, with every beauty, it's what, a, what a, I love to, to see that it in nature, when there is sun, there is a shadow. You mm-hmm. just, you can't live without it. Yeah. It with, when there, it, there's always the paradox to it and living in that, I don't even want to call it discomfort, but living in that kind of back and forth is really where these kind of situations are. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, you know, now that you put it that way, it felt um, it it felt like, not like a battle. Like, well, I, I texted my brother. I said, I might as well be on Survivor. Right. Like, and, and, and that, so I guess that is brave. <laughs> well, and that's his job. His job is to hold up a mirror to you so that you can see what he sees, which is a brave woman doing what she has to do in this moment. And you're looking at it like, oh, if I only did did it this way. Like I should feel differently. I should feel right. like this is no big deal. I got this. But right. No, but you were I feeling felt what you were feeling. Like this is so scary for me. This is so, you know, gut wrenching. But I, yeah. And, and isn't you, that the definition did of bravery? <laughs> you know, feeling the fear, doing it anyway, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the dark isn't always, I do like the contrast. Mm-hmm. I like the, I, I don't think if somebody tells me I'm really just, ha- I'm really a happy person, I always think, I don't envy that. I don't. I don't <laughs> admire that. I. I like. I like the range. I like. You know. I. I need to feel. You know. Well, if someone's overtly like always bubbly, you silence. would say, 
That person's it. in a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Like people, we, Todd and I, and we find this in each other too, but, you know, talking about people who are in pain, but they jump really quickly to the, oh, but it's all going to be okay. Or they give you the, the latest, everything happens for a reason quote. And, you know, it's like, it's okay to kind of be in that in between spot where like, it doesn't make sense yet. But what, what I think, and I'm using this word very uh, on purpose, optimistic people recognize is it's not about that we can't be dark or that we don't have dark. It's that we know we'll get through it. We know that even in the midst of all this pain, the sun is always there. We're just not there right now. You know, it's, we're kind of raw right now. You know, like I feel like in the midst of grief, um, many levels of grief, that's where I always am is I'm like, I I can't stand this. And I'll say to Todd, I know it's going to get better. But right now, it's dark, period. And don't you think there's that much more beauty in the sun when you've been in the darkness? Appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. Deep appreciation for what, and and that's where feeling comes from. You know what I mean? That's where it's like, oh my gosh. And then you have that appreciation of, wow, you know, I didn't take, I was taking this for granted before Mm -hmm. because this really is a beautiful space. This isn't, and and that's the only way we know that is to experience it. Yeah. Yeah, I always say like, you know, got it. You know, you don't need to test me. I get it. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I get it. You don't, I don't need, I don't need any wake up calls. That's right. That's right. Don't put me through the reader again. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I got it. Don't. Yeah. We didn't get to any of our four questions. (laughs) No. Shocking. The agenda is still sitting here. Yes, there it is. <laughs> My blank piece of small paper. Um, so I'll close our side of the show. I don't know what you want to do, Dr. John Duffy and Julie Duffy, but um, real quick, we do something um, uh, called Team Zen, and it's two live Zen talks a month, a private Facebook page, resources, Q&A, um, exclusive blog, blah, blah, blah. If you're interested, go to our website and click on Team Zen. Um, and the, what we talked about last week, sweetie, just yeah. to kind of remind you, um, we helped that one lady do the work by Byron Katie. Oh, yeah. She had yeah. some st- some issues, some challenges dealing with some things about her mother. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we, there's a question about connecting with uh, the daughter even when we disagree with their viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, mom and son experiencing disconnection, teenage son. Yeah. And then lastly, mom who's dealing with an anxious daughter who's struggling with school. Which, it, since you bring that up, I know we're closing here, but that's the point I want to make is the, the four of us, what we really focused on was each other, right? And our similarities to each other, our our couplehood, how we're focusing on our friendship with, you know, with our in, within our couplehood, and this is what then allows us to do those things you just read. Mm-hmm. That is the that is what helps us be a certain way with our children. That is what helps us be more authentic with our friends and our parents. You know, like Julie's experiencing, like what we get to do because of the ability to have these deep conversations is then we get to apply that strength and that wisdom to the next round of relationships. And, and it's, I feel blessed to be able to have these conversations because I'm better for it than in the world. Yeah. Not just at this table, but in the world. Yeah. Amen to that. John, how would you, uh, if there's a Zen parenting listener who's like, Oh, John and Julie, they're all right. How would they (laughs) go find you? Um, Julie, can you, you, my website, right? So, uh, right, drjohnduffy.com. So it's better with Dr. Better's John Duffy and Julie Duffy. It's on iTunes and Podbean. Um, you can go to drjohnduffy.com and find it there. Right. And everything else. And, um, and you could do a search in the app store. That's how everybody yeah, can better. Yeah, they should better subscribe. Period. Yeah. They should so, just subscribe. That would be so great. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Subscribe be awesome. and, um, yeah, join the fun. <laughs> join the fun. <laughs> Any, it is fun. Any last minute parting wisdom from anybody? Thank you so much. Yeah, Todd thank you guys. Kathy. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. I suppose if I, if I had a thought for people listening, it's 
you you just listen in on our little dinner party. Mm-hmm. Have one. Do yeah. this. All right. <laughs> All right. Do the same Good thing. Good idea. Uh, and I would just say keep trucking. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate you. Remember, you can subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's a $25 monthly subscription where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask Kathy and I questions live. If you can't join us live, you can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page. We have a book club and get discounts on everything that we have to offer. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. Guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? I have good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You choose. First session is free. And if you're in Chicagoland, contact me about the tribe. It's a men's group, and it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by going through the Amazon link under Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you a thing, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Finally, I want to give special thanks to our two foundation partners, the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thank you for your love and support, and keep on trucking. Thank you.